Welcome to Let's Talk About Bliss, the perfect side dish to your already almost perfect Takus Day, where we talk bliss, life, learning, and fun. I'm Heather, CEO and founder of Connecting to Bliss Coaching and a Jay Shetty Certified Life and Success Coach, NLP practitioner, and lover of most all things. I am here to share all that I have learned about bliss in a real, vulnerable, and fun way. Together, we will journey through this awesome life, hopefully eating as many tacos as possible. So sit back, grab your salsa, cheese, and tacos, and let's connect to our bliss. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. It's Heather, and this is Let's Taco About Bliss. I uh, first just wanted to... Yeah, I think this is podcast number five. <laughs> I don't even know. I should probably research this beforehand. But first, I wanted to tell you about how amazing it is to be in a room full of people that love learning and growing and really have the desire to be better and to do better. They um, There's a saying that says that you become who you spend the most time with in your life. And being able to be surrounded by... At all angles, to be honest, the, with people that feel love and inspiration and trust and care for you because you're simply there as a collective, it's an incredible thing. I'm talking about this because I participated in an event called Shift. And for anyone listening who hasn't heard of it, go find them. It's at the Shift event on Instagram. My really good friend Gina is changing the world with this event. And but it's the first time I can truly say that I was in a room full of loving and caring people that want everyone to win. And it's like nothing else I've experienced before. It's incredible. And I'm just kind of still reeling from this, this event. It was on Saturday and I'm recording this on Monday and it was just, I'm still like feeling the love and seeing everyone's posts on Instagram and seeing all the shifts that are actually happening for people. (laughs) Um, But this event has also led me to the topic that I want to talk about today. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So today's topic is about something that everyone has and most people hate it and run from it. Um, And so today I want to talk about fear. So a woman at this event that I was talking about shift, um, asked in front of the group, like, what are your tricks and tips on dealing with fear? Because they had a question and answer period. And with every part of their wisdom and love, um, she was told to just do whatever it is you're afraid of anyway. Boom, done, easy, right? And so many times we we hear that, we see that on Instagram, we see that on Facebook, we talk to people um, that are seemingly doing the things and their advice is often just to, to lean into what we're afraid of and just do it anyway. And maybe for some that works, I'm sure there are a lot of people that that works for, but I want to tell you for me, when I was told to just do it, because even though I was fearful, um, it didn't help me. (laughs) And that was like an impossible ask for me because I hadn't yet dove into into my fear to truly understand it yet. So I wanted to talk today about fear to share the things that I've learned 
about it to hopefully help at least even one person out there listening to help you quote unquote deal with fear or to continue to move through fear or whatever you want to say. If you want to smash your fear or do it anyway or lean into your fear, whatever that is, in order for me to to do those things, I need to first dive into my fear. So I wasn't when I first started recognizing fear, I wasn't yet strong enough to know my strength yet. It was, I'm also a why person and I don't know if any of the listeners are out there like me, but I was that kid that would ask why 10 million times. <laughs> and even in school, I would, it was hard for me to process things. It was hard for me to truly understand um, what they were trying to teach me without understanding the process. I needed to, to know the why, why we were learning things, why it happened like that, why we wanted that outcome. Like I was literally, I needed the why of everything. And when I started recognizing my fear, I also wasn't knowledgeable yet about my strengths and my powers and I didn't have the love for myself yet. So before I get into my story of how I dealt with fear, I'd first like to share my perspective of fear and what worked for me and like I said, in hopes that this helps even one person out there listening that struggles with fear as well and doesn't find those sayings like bust through fear, just do it anyway, helpful. So I believe I'm a brave person. I truly do believe I'm a brave person. Why do I think that? Well, (laughs) I've been skydiving. I bungee jumped multiple times. I did this crazy thing in New Zealand called a canyon swing and it was actually scarier than skydiving if you can believe it. You're in like a, you're strapped to a plastic chair in a canyon and they just kind of let you loose to have this swing. I almost peed my pants. It was so scary, (laughs) but I did it. I was so brave that I did it and I've traveled to a ton of places that people are generally afraid of. Um, I've moved across the world by myself. Um... I speak in front of people. I love to speak in front of people. Um, I wasn't um, silly and I'm willing to look foolish for a laugh. To be honest, it doesn't bother me at all to do dorky things, wear a silly costume. I have no problems doing that. I married a guy 10 months after meeting him. We both moved across the country away from all of our family to a place that I didn't know anyone. That stuff to me is easy though. Um, And... What I realized, though, about two years ago is that in so many other important ways, I was actually paralyzed by fear. Even though I had all this bravery inside me and did all these crazy things, I was actually paralyzed by fear. And in the important ways, the ways that actually matter, I mean, yeah, doing things like skydiving is kind of cool, but where I was paralyzed by fear was standing up for myself and asking for what I wanted and starting my own business and selling the products which is me and being honest about my feelings or having feelings in general showing emotions there was a large period of my life where I didn't cry I don't even think I cried when I had my daughter and I'll be frank with that like I was so fearful about having emotions in so many important ways I was it was fear. I was, it was scared. I was running away from every, everything that looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, these are all like the big pivotal things. But in 2021, I was doing an MBA course through my coaching school and I learned so much. And I think I touched on this in a previous podcast, but 
one of the things that they really talked about and they really helped me truly unpack and understand is our ego. And so a lot of times when you say the word ego, a lot of people can feel that it's kind of a negative thing. And it's like, oh, that's just your ego talking. And while I appreciate that, um, in order for me, again, I'm a why, I need to understand the ego. I need to get it. I need to fully unpack it to truly understand why it's there. Because, I mean, we all have it. So what is its purpose? And so what I learned in this course is that there are three different um facets of our ego so there's a parenting ego or a parent ego there's an adult ego and there's a child ego okay so if you think about your ego um the parent ego is our protector so that's the one that keeps us safe that's the one that like tells us hey hey bye Um, don't step out in front of a bus because you need to protect yourself. The adult ego is more that balanced fact finder part of ourself. And the child ego often is the rebel, the one that doesn't want to do something because you're being told. And the reality is, is that if our if unchecked, our ego will run the show. Because of societal norms and how we're raised and lack of education and, and awareness and understanding of, of what the ego is and how to harness the ego, there's so many reasons why our ego is often running the show. And that's why it's kind of become this negative thing in, in a lot of people's mindset is because it's it, it runs a show and a lot of times it's looked at as like, oh, well, you're full of yourself and things like that. But if you truly unpack it, it's a lot more in depth and a lot more, um, there's a lot more to an ego. So, and just as a reminder, the ego is simply put our sense of self and our awareness about ourselves. So it's not about, like I said, it's not about just being cocky and full of ourselves all the time. And I will demonstrate this with my story, hopefully. And also, unlike some beliefs, I do feel like egos are not something to get rid of. (laughs) In fact, I've learned in some parts of our ego, we 100% require. So let's just say um, our creativity, if you ever want to be creative, that creativity lives in our child ego. That's when we're able to let go of, of um, the, the restrictions that we put on ourselves as a parent or an adult. If you want to be creative, that's when you go into your childlike ego. And our parent ego is necessary too, again, to be able to not step in in front of traffic that is our parenting ego reining us in and making sure that we're taking care of our of our physical bodies but the trick is more about embracing our adult ego state which i'll talk more about in a little bit in my story so in my course we drove into the ego and the and we had to journal every single day multiple times a day and this was like the first step to really truly unpacking what an ego is or like what how our ego shows up and so we had to journal every single day about multiple actions or decisions that we made to try and point out which part of our ego was driving the bus so when you were when you reacted to someone saying something what part of your ego was like what was the motivation were you trying to protect yourself were you just rebelling against someone trying to tell you to do something or are you fact-finding um was the parenting ego trying to protect you all those things and um 
this exercise was transformative. So how I did it, and I'll unpack that just in case someone wants to do the exercise. So I broke my day down into like four different periods because uh, at the end of the day, I can never remember what I did the whole, rest <laughs> the whole beginning of the day. So I would set an alarm on my phone four times a day and that's when I would go back and just like look at that little pocket of time just before my alarm went off and unpack what decisions did I make, what feelings did I have, all those types of things that I can point out um, what part of my ego was, was driving. So again, you want to point out when you were in your parenting ego, your child ego, or when you were in your adulting ego. This exercise, as I mentioned a second ago, was transformative because when I started doing this, we had to do it for two weeks straight. Um, what I found was that I, 95% of my day was living in my parenting ego state with myself, with my daughter, with my husband, with my work, with my friends, fucking everything I was trying to parent. I was trying to control everything and everyone. And when I did that, that is when my fear became clear. I core, I was then able to look at my life, my days and say, okay, this is when I was in my parenting, but I also remember feeling fear in that moment. Truly, it was, it was transformative. So what I realized is that my parenting ego was the worst kind of like helicopter parent. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but that like the parent that never lets your kid get dirty or do anything fun out of fear of harm. My helicopter parent also didn't want to allow me or want me to risk failure in my relationships and in my business. It was far too risky for others to see me fail or to fail. It was just, it was something that like my helicopter parent, my, my parenting ego was just like, nope, this is not something that's safe for us. I will not let you fear, fail, sorry, excuse me. But why and how did I get this helicopter parent? Like that's when my, my why started. Like why was I so adverse to risk in some areas and not others? Like I'd jump out of an airplane, but I couldn't um, put a website up for my business. I, I, it didn't compute to me. I didn't understand it. And what I also learned is that we take on these things because we've learned at some point in our life that it will protect us from harm. And I learned at some point in my life that not risking failure would keep me safe. This behavior served me in that time. And I'm not going to unpack what it was. There's many different situations in my life that this became clear and that I took this on to protect me. But it did keep me safe and protected me in my past. I did what I needed to do. It, it did. That behavior, that belief did what it needed to do. It kept me safe. But now... I was hanging on to this anchor even though my life and my mindset and my my abilities are far different now. So I realized in that moment that I needed to change my anchor. My anchor was that failure meant I was unsafe. And it was anchored very, very, very strongly. It was deeply rooted in my, in my being that failure meant unsafe. So I need to I needed to learn how to release this behavior anchor because it was keeping me from moving forward. It was pre preventing me from achieving what I wanted. What I wanted to get in my life wasn't happening because 
this anchor was dragging me. It was like if you had tied an actual anchor to my leg and I was trying to move forward and it was just too heavy for me to move, that I needed to release it. It needed to go in order for me to get what I truly wanted. And that is when decisions needed to be made. When I realized that in order for me to get what I want, I had to release this anchor, I needed to start making decisions. And when your actions, thoughts, and behaviors start keeping you from what you want, that's exactly what needs to happen. You need to decide. That is the first step, okay? So I made the decision, okay, in order for me to get what I want, in order for me to continue to move forward, I needed to release this anchor. But then the next part came into my life and I was transformed even more. And I don't know about you, but the part that I was just talking about, about the like the three different parts of our ego and the anchors, I don't know if you find that as mind-blowing as me, but <laughs> I was, albeit angry, I was like, what? How did I not know this before? But anyway, so okay. So I said our ego, for most of us, won't and shouldn't go away. There are some people out there that say they don't have ego. Eckhart Tolle, I love him to death. And he says his ego is gone, which all the power to him. But the reality for, for my perspective is that this keeps us safe and it helps us be creative. And like I said, like there's parts of our egos that we don't want to go away. But what I needed to do was learn how to be more in that adult ego state, less in the parenting ego state. So what is the adult ego state about? Well, I want you to stop and think about the most reasonable, calm, balanced, curious, inquisitive person you know. You know, the one that doesn't flip out when things go awry, <laughs> but the one that stops, takes a deep breath, gets the facts, weighs the options, and makes an informed decision. I'll tell you that these people used to annoy the bejesus out of me before. I'd be like, how? No, that's dumb. Like, there's something wrong with them. I honestly truly used to think there was something wrong with them. I was like, if they don't have any emotion, like flippant emotions about everything, then there's something wrong with them. Maybe they're part robot or something. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think that anymore. I actually just think that I know that they're in the more of the adult ego state. And also, (laughs) when I think about how angry I used to get at them, they say that what triggers you is a mirror showing you what you need to work on. Yeah, bingo! Anyway, (laughs) that is the ego. That is the adult ego. And what the adult ego is there to do is it looks at the situation and decides and interacts in a more objective way. And rather than reacts, it responds. So my first order of business in becoming this alter, uh, sorry, not alter ego, adult ego was letting go of said frustration and anger that I had. I was so friggin' mad. I was like, honestly, truly, I was, I went through a very angry stage in this whole process. Hopefully you won't, but I did. But again, that, that anger was part of my journey and I don't judge it even today. Uh, But I would really judge myself and get harsh with myself every time my parent ego would show up. It was a vicious cycle. My parent ego would show up and I would immediately turn into the petulant child ego and start having a tantrum. Parent, child, parent, child, parent, child. It was like a cycle. And then someone told me, I think it was my mentor, um, these two things. First, number one thing, um, 
first item was to create a visual representation of my parenting ego, of my parent ego. So create a picture in your mind of what your parenting ego looked like and create a different person that would, and, and think about what this person would look like. So I did. And in my mind, I my parenting ego was this tall, dark man in a black trench coat and had like one of those Dick Tracy hats on. He was faceless. I could never see his face and he hides in the shadows. And he's always holding this white golden light orb, which I later figured out was actually my light. He was holding my light in his hands. And he was protecting it. He's holding it in his hands, protecting it, also preventing me from shining it. But again, I'll get to that later. And so I created this visual person in my head. And so I also named him. I named him Frankie. It was the, the name that just kind of came to me. And I also did the work of admitting outwardly to myself and to my mentor and to my coach at the time what he says to me. Now, it's harsh. It was it was it was a very hard thing to admit and I'm even I can feel myself getting emotional thinking about this, but it was really hard for me to admit the things that he would say to me. And I hope I don't cry when I say this. <laughs> but he would say to me things like you are stupid, you are not smart enough, you are fake and everyone will find out. No one ever wants to hear what you have to say, and this won't work, and you will be left alone. Everyone will leave you. You are not lovable unless you are quiet. Oh, that is just heavy. I'm really fighting back tears right now. But those are the harsh things that he would say to me. And then comes step number two to forgive (laughs) and even after I say those things like how do you forgive someone who says those types of things to someone else but I knew in my heart of hearts and in my subconscious mind and just everything in me that I needed I had to forgive him but how at the time I will fully admit it seemed impossible until, remember when I said that I was a why person? <laughs> this is when I dove into why Frankie did all this annoying shit to keep me from moving forward in my business and saying what was on my mind and from feeling, why did he do this? And remember, he's my parenting ego. He's my parent ego. And what is the number one job that parents have? I say this to my daughter every day. (laughs) It's probably something I don't even have to say. I don't even have to say what this is to my daughter anymore. I just have to say to her, what's my number one job? And she says to keep me safe and I keep her safe. A parent keeps their kids safe out of pure love and raw love for their kids. Okay? That's my number one job, to keep her safe. And so if Frankie is my parenting ego, he is solely trying to keep me safe out of pure and raw love for me. And for me, I wouldn't have been able to learn this without being a parent myself. Um, But that is part of my journey. And if you aren't a parent yourself listening to this, I want you, in order to really 
tap into this love that I'm talking about. Think about someone that you love or someone that loved you more than anything, whether it's a pet, a friend, a partner, a parent. Think of something that you love that you would throw yourself in front of of a bus yourself to protect. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. And so Frankie, although his methods were questionable, in my opinion, (laughs) he was there because he loves me so freaking much. He is doing everything, pulling out all the stops to keep me from getting hurt. I get it. I get it, Frankie. I now understand why you were doing this. And that is when truly everything changed for me. I couldn't be mad at Frankie anymore. I because I understood him. I would do anything to keep my daughter safe. Hell yeah. Full on mama bear here. I am not ashamed to admit it, but prior to my almost mental breakdown 6 years ago when I I would have definitely tried some harsh tactics to keep her safe. I get him. I understand what he's trying to do. And it was so transformative to be able to understand that. My why was now filled in. And when I understood his why, I let go of my anger. And I made the decision. It wasn't a a natural trans it wasn't a natural transition to go to this. I had to make the decision that I was a big girl and that I know I can make the right decisions for me when I look at the facts and I trust and have faith in myself and my abilities and know that I'm going to be okay no matter what. I had to decide for myself that that is what I wanted to believe. I then had to come up with a strategy to helping Frankie not worry so much. Man, this guy was like, he had to have 17 ulcers. He was worrying so much. He loved me and I had to help him lead with love in return. So I came up with a visualization in my head when I sensed Frankie coming. And to be honest, he's usually at the door of my office because most of when he's super loud and he's telling me these things, it comes when it when it comes to my business, my coaching business. I notice him in my doorway of my office and the first thing that I that I visualized in this this new visualization with him is that I, I say hi in the most dorky <laughs> kind of way that I could I could possibly come up with. You know, like the Forrest Gump wave and I just say, hey Frankie, because he deserves to be acknowledged. He's there because he cares. And I want to acknowledge him as someone that cares about me. So regardless of what his motivation is or how terrible his tactics are to keeping me from what I want, I want to acknowledge him. I listen to what he has to say and I do not react. I simply listen and I consciously kick into my adult ego. Once I listen to what he has to say, I then go into fact-finding mode and I ask myself these questions. Am I truly at risk here? Is my health and body and the things that keep me alive in danger with whatever Frankie's afraid of? And then I brainstorm the worst and best case scenario. I used to definitely live in the worst case all the time, especially when Frankie was there. But I was then forced to look at the best case scenario. And that is when I was able to make an informed decision. If the decision is to move forward despite Frankie's efforts, 
regardless of what he's trying to keep me from, if I decide to do it anyway, I get up and I give Frankie a huge floppy hug. You know, like the one you give to someone you really love that you haven't seen for a long time. And I whisper to him, oh my God, I can feel myself starting to (laughs) get emotional. (laughs) Thank you so much for caring so much about me and for loving me. I have got this. That is what I say to him. I get up, I give him the hug, and while I'm hugging him as hard as I possibly can, as heavy as I possibly can, I turn my head and I whisper in his ear, thank you so much for caring about me and loving me this much. I have got this. And when I separate from that hug, however long it takes me, I am holding my light. I am holding my golden orb in my hands to shine to the world because it's my light. And I've taken it back from him. (laughs) That's a long story. eh? (laughs) When I talk about fear out in the world, I try to shorten as best I can. But when I explain this process of fear with others, I don't want to get all in the details, but I'm so grateful for this platform, for you listening to be able to share this fully, because this process, this transformation that I have had with my fear has truly changed my life. And I wish I knew this when I was 20 years ago. I wish they taught ego in school because I feel like this is something that we could all truly learn and we should all truly know. So listen, when people say to me, move through the fear, do it anyway, blast through the fear, they're not wrong. I'm not saying that they're wrong. But if you're like me, you might need to go and get to know your fear a little bit more and understand its motivation and find out a way to love our fear in order to feel safe even though um, you may not know the outcome and to blast through it anyway. So I could legit talk about fear for hours. And in full transparency, I'm still working on my relationship with Frankie. He's still loud and proud, especially when it comes to certain things. But I know that I feel better without the hate for him and without being angry with him. And I know that I will continue to build on my relationship with him. And he's not going to go away. And I don't want him to go away. I truly love him. He's a part of me. And I love that. He is my parent. He's like my inner parent. I mean... Thankfully, I still have my, my, my worldly parents still with me, and I absolutely love them, but I wouldn't let them speak to me the way Frankie did, but I also don't let them protect me the way that Frankie does, and so I love him. He's, he's, he's a guy that has my back, and he wholeheartedly adores me and wants me to be safe, and I never want him to go away. But there are two ways to live our life, in love and in fear. And my journey with fear was about learning to love it. If anyone out there listening is stopped by fear and you want to start the process of not letting it keep you, keeping you from what you want, please send me an email or DM. There's no obligation. I would be more than happy to support you in any way I can, even walking you through the steps that I did, seeing if that might help you as well. But fear is something that it's fine. And especially if it's not keeping you from the things that you want to accomplish and do. But if you find your behaviors, thoughts, and beliefs being stopped by fear, 
there's a different way. There's absolutely a different way and you can do this. I know you can. Okay, phew. <laughs> that was an episode today, man. Hoo-wee, fear. Um, so as I said, I'm always going to finish with fun. And so here's my fun for today. So <laughs> recently, someone signed my husband up for a Heinz newsletter email. <laughs> He got this random email in his inbox saying like, congratulations, you've signed up for the Heinz newsletter. He didn't do it and he never actually truly figured out who it was, but I'm totally stealing the idea. (laughs) I don't know who I'm going to prank or what I'm going to prank them with, but I'm going to give someone a little prank and sign them up for an email newsletter. That is super silly. (laughs) Oh, I love little pranks like that. Harmless pranks. It's not going to hurt anyone. They can unsubscribe. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me today in my episode about fear. Let's talk about bliss. Stay tuned for the next episode. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next time. I'm going to not plan it. I Like I said, I'm just going to talk from the heart every single episode. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, Heather out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and listening to Let's Talk About Bliss. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at heatherthecoach or check out my website at www.connectingtoblisscoaching.com to find out how we could work together if you want to connect to your bliss.